whatever you want to order here, you don't have to, obviously. If you want to sign up, uh, you have to pay which one you want, there's two, and which color of the two you want. Then when the sweatshirt get here, then we'll collect uh, the money for them. Okay? If you have questions about that, see me. Now, Kelly's coming, because we have Fall Fest Sunday, and she's going to give me a lowdown about Fall Fest, so I just would miss half the details. So we'll make sure she's So when the gift of the Spirit are active 
and God is active through the gifts, things happen outside of, well, what could have happened if he wasn't involved, right? So, so when you pray for somebody, and the gift of healing is active, and somebody receives a healing, not only is it a, a benefit for the person, but the bigger picture is the sign the kingdom of God has come. Right? It's also a sign of the fullness of the kingdom of God coming. So the, the gifts of the Spirit are not just about, hey, I get to get something. Right? They're signs of the work of God and the goodness of God. And a sign of the coming fullness of the goodness of God. So we desire for people to be healed physically, correct? We pray for that. But, but that's great, but remember Lazarus was raised from the dead, right? Lazarus still died. He, he ain't walking around right now. He, he was raised from the dead. At some point he died again. Well, what good was it then? It was a sign of the kingdom. It was certainly for Lazarus' benefit to live longer. But the bigger picture was pointing towards something to come. And I think sometimes we get wrapped up in seeing things happen. That's nice. It's good. It's of the kingdom. But don't miss the big picture. This is about the coming kingdom of God. Amen. So, forgiven through the Spirit is that, and when we talk about it, the utterance of wisdom to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, notice it said gifts of healing, okay? To another, working miracle, to another, prophecy, and this is where we're picking up tonight. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the same, one and the same Spirit who apportions each one individually as He wills. Let's just keep going just a little bit. For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of one body, though many are all one body, so it is with Christ. So, we function as a body together. So when you say, this is my church. How many say this is your church? Okay. If you say this is your church, you're part of the body. Paul is thinking organically here. We fit together. Isn't that nice? And it goes on later in this thing. No one can say in one part of the body, I don't like you or you're no good. And, and oh, we can't be jealous of other parts of the body. We all are together for the common good. We all have a role, a part, a gift for this body when we come together, right? Yes. So what happens is a lot of times when it comes to spiritual gifts, in the church body setting, in the local church setting, uh, you may fall into certain gifts, okay? But just understand, when you walk out of this building and you're in your workplace or with your family, you are the body. But notice, and thank goodness, we don't all go around together. That would be no fun. Can you imagine? Okay, everybody, we're all going home together. And I know we're supposed to love each other, but I'll tell you what. Hey, we're all going to work together. We just kind of are locked on. We're going to Walmart, you know. It's, it's not love you guys, but no. Okay, so um, that's not happening. But you're the body when you go. Right? You are then in the manifestation of the Holy Spirit as you go. Though you may settle into a certain gift in the body, you're, you're more prone to all the gifts outside. That's the way I see it. Okay? So we are all open to the manifestation of the Holy Spirit through the gifts of the Spirit. So let's talk about that first one there where we left off, distinguishing between spirits. So 1 John chapter 4 Let's go to 1 John chapter 4, verse number 1. We'll read down from verse number 3. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 1, down through 3. Okay, let's see. 1 John chapter 4, okay. By this, okay. I got a split screen. Let me pick up where I'm at. Oh, there it is. Beloved, do not believe. 
Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Oh, okay. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Danger, danger, false prophets. Now, if, if you go to the Sermon on the Mount, um, don't, you don't need to go there, but let me just tell you about this. Matthew chapter 7. It, it talks about false prophets. Now, here's the thing about the testing of the prophets. Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. Don't buy in this stuff unless you can test its fruit. That's right. Amen. So everything coming down the pipe, just don't buy it. How do you test the proof of a prophet or, or something that's coming forth? The best way is to actually know that. Now, see, you've got to understand. With, with the, the, uh, as technology grows, you can put anything out there, but you never get to test the proof of the person putting it out. See, back at this time, you knew who was saying what they were saying and what they were doing. And you could see the fruit. And the fruit then verified, or at least in a certain way, verified the word coming or what was being said. It's very hard anymore because anybody put anything out there and call, well, this is from God, this is something God says. Because you can't verify the fruit. Personal life living fruits. So, so when I first came to pastor this church, I guarantee there was a bunch of you that took a while for you to trust me. Why? You didn't even see my fruit a little bit. Then when you see, maybe this guy isn't so bad. And maybe he's okay. Maybe he's not. He's not saying things. He's not doing things to get outside the character of God. Now maybe I can trust what he's saying when he's up here. You see what I'm saying? Amen. If Jesus even said, you know, there, there will be some that, that do miracles and, 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 and cast out devils in my name. He said, I never knew that person. So even, even the miraculous is not the absolute sign of error of God. It's fruit. What is their life producing? That verifies the error of God. Right? Amen. Yes. So we got to test the spirits. And it said, every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus uh, is not from God. So that's kind of a loose term. They can, can say they're from Jesus. But what it means is that there is a, a, a something that comes with it that is authoritative from him. That verifies it is of him. So there is a, a discernment that, that I believe in salvation that you generally have. How many of you about that? Yeah. So, by the way, this doesn't make you like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> You're not, your job is not to go around trying to test all the spirits everywhere. I'm going to knock on the door, talk to somebody. I just want to know if you got a devil in here. <laughs> just checking on, on the next house. Well, not to be, doesn't make you a detective. Right. But there was a discernment of situations with life. Like, for instance, um, as a pastor, I'm discerning a lot when people are telling me stuff. Uh, as a parent, oh my, with my kids, discerning a lot. Who is this you're going out with tonight? By any chance, I can meet them first. I mean, how uh, my mom's dad know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. It's a gentle discernment. But, but beyond that, there is a gifted discernment that comes for certain situations that, that kind of uh, it, it makes you aware of what is behind what is there. Because there is a spirit around. How many know that? What you see is not all there is to it. There is a spirit realm. Right? Yes. Where is our battle? In, in the spirit realm. That's right. How are you battling the spirit realm by discernment? Amen. 
Your battle is not against flesh and blood. I understand, look, I understand. There's a lot of people out there doing stuff you don't agree with, you don't like, and all this stuff, but your fight is not with them. Right. Because it's just not going to stop that way. Your fight is where? Spirit out Battle not against flesh and blood, but against principality, powers in the dark realm. Amen. So, so we engage here. But there's a gift of spirit that comes that helps you discern the spirits. Is this of God or is this not of him? If it's not of God and it's a spirit, well, that tells you a whole lot about it. Right? So it's a gift. So, so you could be interacting with some, uh, uh, let's say my daughter come, brings a boy home from college. Uh, you know what I'm saying? All right. I get to meet this boy. My prayer for my daughter has always been that if she, when she gets married, if she gets married, she marries a godly young so when this boy shows up at my house, lined up with my prayer, there may be the gift of discernment showing up. That says, this kid's okay. The gift of discernment is not always about the bad. Right. The gift of discernment also it can, can discern this is the spirit of God. Right? Yeah. Now, my gift of discernment will then be lined up with seeing his life and seeing the fruit of his life. See, see they, they go together. Right? Or it could be, oh, ah, mm, I didn't feel right about that. I mean, I'm talking about I didn't feel right about that. Now, I'm not automatically going to just exit out. I'm going to find out. I'm going to ask some more questions. I'm going to talk to the boy a little bit. If my daughter's watching this, she's probably like, yeah, I'm going to talk to the boy. You know? She's having this gift of discernment right now with me. Anyway, um, I'm going to, over time, just see as much as I can the fruit of his life. Yes. Okay? But the gift of discernment comes to see what's behind, because there's something behind. Yes. Amen? So that's what the gift of discernment is about. Now, moving on. Um, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. So the next one was tongue and interpretation of tongue. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 1, Justice, if you will, please. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, tongues can get confusing. Okay? Because there are different applications of the gift of tongues. All right, so let's talk about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 1. It said, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Especially that you may prophesy. We talked about that long ago. Now watch this. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. In other words, edification, comfort, and exhortation. The one who speaks in tongue builds up himself. But the one who prophesied builds up the church. Now, brothers, if you come to speak in tongues, how will it benefit you unless I bring some revelation or knowledge or teaching? Okay? Now, here's what happens. Tongues, as we see in Acts chapter 2, remember they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they go out, and they're speaking in tongues. Everybody thought they were drunk. It's unusual. But then there are people from all over the place start saying, this, somebody's saying, this guy is speaking in my language. I understand him. Yeah. He's yeah. speaking in tongues. He doesn't know what he's saying. Yeah. Who's speaking when that's happening? God. The Holy Spirit. God is. Yeah. Now, you are the agent of it. Remember, you are the manifestation of the Spirit. Amen. Tongues is coming forth, unintelligible to you, but as the Spirit speaking. Now, in that instance, there was that direct witness to the glory of God through tongues because people were understanding them in their own language. Wow. So, there are the kind of tongues that we believe will be active today, that that may happen. So, so I, I have heard stories, uh, I, I think Pastor, I may ask him to tell a story next week about this, where they're in another country and they start speaking in tongues and they didn't know if they're speaking in the language of the country that they were in and people understood what they were saying. 
That's miraculous. Amen. And it was a witness that something was, something was happening. So there was a kind of tongues where that can happen. There's also the kind of tongues, what we just said, uh, read in, in 1 Corinthians 14, that it builds up the person. This is what you would call your prayer language. Yes. That you're praying in tongues, and the Spirit praying it is building you up, is edifying you. Okay? That's the second tongue. Then there is a tongue that comes with an interpretation that is also on the same plane as the prophecy it is for the edification of those that are hearing the interpretation. Okay? Amen. So different kinds. So tongue that could be a direct witness in a language of somebody hearing, a, a tongue where you're praying in the spirit, there's no interpretation, identifying you. Then there is a tongue that comes with an interpretation that is for the edification of those hearing. Okay? So, so again, don't, don't get confused there. So, in your own personal time, I encourage you to pray in tongues. Yes. Amen. Right? Amen. Because you are edifying yourself through the Spirit. Okay? Which is good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, which is absolutely good. Who in the world won't want the Holy Spirit to edify you? Right. Does the Holy Spirit know more than you? Yeah, absolutely. So, in the spirit that we pray and we're edified. So, go to uh, verse number 14 of chapter 14, where we're at. For if I pray in a tongue, my mind prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Well, what am I to do? Well, I pray with my spirit, I'll also pray with my mind also. I will sing with my spirit, but also sing with my mind. You see that? <coughs> So there's a praying in the spirit, and there's also praying with your mind. There's a singing with your spirit, and also singing with your mind. Amen. So when I pray, and I pray every day, and I, sometimes I have my prayer list with me, sometimes I'm just praying, but I'm praying things I know I'm praying. Praying with my mind. And I also pray in the spirit. And the spirit is leading and, and, and uh, discerning and, and Saying what he's saying. Edification. And there's also singing with your mind and singing with the Spirit too. So in other words, the Holy Spirit is the utterance through you in these instances. Okay? Now, when you're in a church setting, and I think, uh, I think we did question and answer. Corey asked this when we did our question and answer. Is it okay in a church setting to pray in tongues when you have discerned it's not tongues and interpretation. Yeah, but not chaotic that the new believer or a new person thinks this is crazy mess, I'm leaving. Right. Yeah. Because God's not a God of chaos. Right. Amen. I'm all for you being free of the spirit, but you start doing parkour off the wall, I'm not talking. <laughs> That's not the conversation. You get what I'm saying? But there are going to be moments where you feel an utterance coming forth and you just, this is for the assembly, you feel it. And you come down and say, I think I have a tongue. So you, you just let me speak in tongues when it's done, it's done. Then we wait for interpretation. The interpreter is responsible for the interpretation, the interpretation doesn't come from out here. Okay? But when the interpretation comes, it will be. Edification, exhortation, uplifting, building to the body. Amen. So the tongue and the interpretation, that is also a sign for the unbeliever because the interpretation came with it. It just wasn't a bunch of whatever. They're like, what more happened? Okay? So tongue and obviously interpretation. So in interpretation, God is speaking. Right? God has a word for us. And the growth in the church, what we see again, when these things happen, uh, part of the thing of us being together as a body is, is we're here to grow together. And I, I talked about this when we talked about prophecy, but I'm going to bring it up again. We're here to grow together. We understand that when somebody comes forward with, with the prophecy, word of prophecy, which is, which is edification, or a tongue and interpretation, which is edification, that there may be some growth needed involved with the person doing it. That's okay. We're here to grow. 
And it's kind of like what we've heard before, you know, it's kind of like a rectangle with a, a line down the middle, and you've got the person here, and you've got God here. Well, well, the more mature we get, the more it's God and less than a person, but as we're immature, it might be some of them, and then you know what I'm saying? But we allow for growth. Okay? But it's the same thing with prophecy. So if a tongue comes forth and somebody comes with interpretation, well, you know, I was reading the Bible the other day, I want to say, hey, let's get to what God said. Not what you're thinking from your Bible today. That's for teaching. That's not you. Right? I dreamed three weeks ago. Wonderful. What did God say? Don't need to hear about your dream. What did God say? See what I'm saying? Let's get to the words of God. We're not coming down here and just say, the Lord, fire and brimstone, you all are burning like toasty tater tots if you don't turn to sin. You know, that, that's not edification. All right? You're making a call for it to grow and mature and, and escape sin, yes, but it, it's not turning into that. It's edification. Okay? It's time of interpretation. So we want to see these things active in the church. Amen. Why? For the common good. Amen. For the common good. Now, let me just, because uh, I'll have my notes, let me just read. I'm going to keep reading your justice. Verse 16. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in position and outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he doesn't know what you're saying? In other words, that's that speaking tongue with no interpretation in the assembly. For, for you may be given thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. So I thank God that speaking tongues more than all of you. I think, nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Right. In the law written by people strange tongue by lips of foreigners, uh, I'm jumping to verse 21. Well, let me, let me first, I'm sorry. Verse 20, I got to switch straight here. Go back. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. So, in these things, by the way, there is a call to lead childish things and childish thinking. So childish thinking, in one sense, is worried about the gifts of the Spirit and the move of the Spirit, either in themselves or in somebody else. Maturity is looking for the move of the Spirit. Okay? Now, in maturity, we grow in these things, and we understand that we are doing this for the benefit of others. So there's an immature thinking about the gifts, by the way, that, that it's about you and I'm great if I do this. And pat yourself on the back. That's not what it's about. The church doesn't need superstars. Amen. I'll let that stick. The church needs servants. Who aren't worried about their name in, in, in the limelight because of, of spiritual doings. Which, by the way, Jesus railed against. In Matthew chapter 6, sermon on Mount, when you pray, don't be like a hypocrite to stand on the street corner and pray in front of men so they can be looked. Go in the room and close the door. Nobody sees what you do. And when you give, amen, don't do it with trumpets so I can see, hey, I give. I'm spiritual, I gave. No. Give some such your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing. Amen. And when you fast, don't, don't, don't walk around. My morning like, man, I'm hungry today. Why are you hungry? Well, I've just been fasting for you. <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm okay. <laughs> and nobody knows. It's, it's between you and God. In the same way, spiritual gifts are not for you to be known. Somebody can pat you on the back and think you're spiritual. Because, now, listen, if you're filled with the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit can come regardless of how mature you are in the fruit of the Spirit. Right. Amen. The gifts can perceive maturity in other areas. So just because somebody moves in the gifts doesn't mean they're mature somewhere else. You see what I'm saying? Because the Holy Spirit, not you. You're just the best. You, you can be very immature and be used by God. Yes. That doesn't circumvent or stop your growth in the fruit of the Spirit and the maturity of your life. 
I see what I'm getting at. So just because somebody, just because somebody comes and gives a prophecy, man, it, it's nailed it. Encouragement, it was from God. Great. Go back and worship. <laughs> it's all good. You see what I'm saying? It's not for anything else. It's for the edification of the people. All right? So maturity will see it that way. Now, just to clear something up, uh, is in the law was written by people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this people, and even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Thus tongues are signed not for believers, but for unbelievers, while prophecy is signed for unbelievers, not for unbelievers, but for believers. Now it seems to contradict what Paul is saying. Now, wait a minute, tongues is is that a sign for uh, unbelievers? I thought we just said it's chaos, but then He's quoting Isaiah in here, and he's bringing forward, there is a judgment of tongues when a foreign nation comes and brings judgment of God because of falling away from him. And when you hear those foreign tongues coming in judgment of God, it's a sign to the unbeliever that God is just. That's what Paul's talking about. You see, it seems like he kind of switches there, but he's coming from Isaiah there. That's why he does that. I just wanted to throw that out to you. If you read down and say, wait a second, that doesn't line up with what you just said. Judgment of God in the Old Testament would often come from invading uh, nations, right? Babylon, Assyria. And by their foreign tongue, it was a sign of the judgment of God. That's where Paul's drawing. I just want to throw it out to you. But in a general sense, prophecy for the house, tongues with interpretation for the house, for the simple fact that we're both believers and if we're a church that's growing and bringing people, unbelievers will be here also. Amen. Right? Amen. Amen. So these are for the edification of those here. And a sign of the kingdom for those who don't believe. Amen? Amen. Amen. Alright. So, having said it, I'll put it up here. Nine gifts of the Spirit. We started off I think every week we said this, we remind you again, don't make this hard. Amen. In one sense, I want to tell you, this is a normal part of the infidel believer's life. Amen. In other sense, don't treat it like whatever, because it is the power and manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to kind of hold that together. Don't make it hard. It, it shouldn't be necessarily uncommon. But it is the uncommonness of God breaking into our world when it happens. Obviously, when you pray for somebody and, and, and you invoke the gift of healing, you are believing that God's going to break into their physical situation with the supernatural. <clears throat> so I want it to be common enough for you that you will pray that way. But understand that it, it, it's the power of God. And we don't take that lightly. <clears throat> Excuse me, if you're sitting in your seat, and you feel the option to come forward with the word of prophecy, obey it. Come give it. Alright? Oh, see, the gifts of the Spirit are always about obedience. Yes. Amen. And, but by the way, let me just say something about this. So, you feel the unction to come forward. I would suggest you don't sit there and try to rehearse what you're going to say. Because you're trying to rehearse what you're going to say. Come forward and give the word. If it's two steps long, it's two steps long. It's three, it's three. If it's five words, it's five words. Come give it. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Don't sit there and practice your tongue and come forward and, and give it. Hopefully, encourage Come with that unction and give it when you come. Be led by the Spirit. Amen. Is that right? So, in other words, every time it's, it's an obedience thing. Obedience to come give a word, obedience to pray for somebody, obedience in, in a word of knowledge. Uh, when, when you discern stuff. So, let's say my kid comes and I'm just a oh, man. Should I still let my kid go and to this place that they were going to go? No. I obey. You know what? And, and, and all bells and whistles and fights and whatever, and anger for two days. I'm sorry, you can't go. Why not? I have no other reason. I just feel right now. Okay, Obey when you feel the unction. And, and again, if you are a person that lives by the Spirit and stays in step with the Spirit, which comes with the fruit of the Spirit, right? 
there's maturity growing in you that you understand the move of the Spirit, that He can interrupt you in the most mundane things of your life and direct you. Yes. You'd be driving down the road, <coughs> picking your fast food restaurant, God forbid, and you just feel the need to go to McDonald's. Why? I don't know. Not, but I'm going to go to McDonald's. Why? Because you walk in there and all of a sudden, that person will pray for him. It wasn't about you getting big that. It was about that person sitting over there. Are you going to obey? Yes. Led by the Spirit? Yes. Hey, I don't know you. I know this may seem weird. Can I pray for you? I, I just thought you And you'd be amazed what they might say. Well, absolutely. You wouldn't believe what this is going on. You never know. Give the Spirit. Here it comes. Why? Obedience. Right? You're sitting here during, during worship, you feel the unction, you come down, you don't know what in the world, but, but you know what, yeah, I'm going to let you share. You check. And, and you, you give this whatever it is, and, and, and you walk back to see, and people are just staring at you, and you're thinking, what in the world did I just do? <laughs> but there were three people. That was a word of edification that they needed that morning. And you changed the course of their day by being obedient. Be obedient when you feel. Will you make mistakes? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Will you miss it? Yeah. yeah. Should never stop you from keeping on. That's right. From listening the next time you feel it. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. In this way, we fulfill our part of the body. In this way, we are empowered to be the light of the world when we leave here. Amen? Amen. Let's be people of the Spirit. Alright? So, was, remember we did dangerous prayers a while ago on the I remember that. Yes. I remember. I'm impressed. Um, what was one dangerous prayer? God used me. Yes. And you pray that prayer, and all of a sudden, you're in Walmart, hey, you're just like, oh. I should have never prayed that. But now you expect me to do something. Right? Yeah. right. Yeah. You come to church and you're sitting there and you're like, oh. and what's going to be said? To use you while well, I'm trying. You know, well, not today, Lord, not today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how often we push them off? You know? Don't make them hard. That's right. Pray God use me and then be ready to use because He will do so. We say, I'm not ready yet. Remember the chipped teacup? It's because your cup is chipped and broken just, just because you've been staying for all two months. God is still needs you. Yeah. If you would wait on perfect vessel, there ain't nothing being done. That's right. Amen? Amen. God used me. Wait a minute. You know, you know what happened to me, by the way? Let me just say this. I know I'm rambling a little bit. Let me just say this. You could be in the middle of the biggest mess of your life. And God said, hey, Sometimes he uses you to help you get out of your mess. Because if you can be a light to somebody else, my goodness, you'll learn how to encourage yourself. And some, sometimes I'm too messed up to use like that. Now, there's, there's not much of a place in your life that God can't tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, and use you. Quit disqualifying yourself. Now, if you know you're an open blank and sick, look, repent, let's go. Yeah. All right? Yeah. But outside of that, quit disqualifying yourself. Well, I made this mistake. Okay, great. Well, I, I know that, that, that I don't understand this all the way. Okay, fine. That's why it's the Holy Spirit manifestation, not you. You see what I'm getting at? Quit making excuses to disqualify yourself from being used by the Spirit. In the way he wants to use you. Listen, that is an active church. So, so let me just say this. Um, I'm all for, to a very limited extent, the church spending money on advertising. So, you know, this is very cheap, but a little sandwich for advertising, welcome here at that time. <laughs> for a little sign outside the church, I spent 200 bucks on that. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, there are about a month of direct mail are going out to the three square miles of this church, inviting the church. That's that's out of three hundred bucks. Okay. I am not a big spender on advertising for the church. Why? You, you know why? I'm sure you know why. We. And a church that has to spend thousand dollars to get people to come to their church, it probably means the church may not be as active as it should be. And it's not again you go out there telling people to come to church, but when you're a light for him, a sign of the kingdom, they gotta come to the place where you believe together. If there's a natural progression happening. So I mean, because of salvation can happen, they may want to come. So the activity of the spirit does so many different things than just, hey, something's happening for this person. Again, think of it, see it, and be open to what God can do with you. Amen? Amen. So here's how we're going to close in prayer tonight. I'm not going to close in prayer. You're going to close in prayer yourself. So I'm going to give you the directive of two things. I want you to for just a second, just, just praise him and worship him. Then I'm going to give you this directive. Pray, Lord, I want you to begin to use me. And then your third directive after that is a person that you know needs Jesus. Pray for him. And however your prayer goes from there. And let's see what God will do with us. Amen? <laughs> All right, we'll see you Sunday. You're dismissed when you're done praying.